You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. <laughs> I'm a 30-minute pooper. And Matty Rose. Because I'm a greasy dude who's gambling again. He's about, he's making himself a whole lot of money. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Bottom of the hour, the franchise, Eric Francis. Covers the Flames for Sportsnet will join us. And at the top of the hour, big show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron in studio, courtesy of All Kind Door Services, the Cobra. And at 8.30, we're going to unveil a new segment. Something that I've cooked up in my stupid big head. The sum of all flames. You know the only thing I don't like about this segment? What? Is the fact that our, our, our boss, Art, came up with the name. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I'm like, I had the idea, and I'm like, what should I call it? He's like, the sum of all flames. I'm like, damn it! Mm. It's a good name. Yeah, don't like to give him any credit. I know! Yeah, and I'm like, point. God! Hurts me! <laughs> it's like, my idea, my baby! And then, like, all of a sudden, I birthed it, yep. and then Art comes, hey, you know what you should name him? Killer. I'm like, that's a great name. I don't know, I just thought of that. But I'm like, that's what happened. I birthed the baby, and then Art names it. I'm like, damn it, that's a good name. And now I got it. Some of all flames is a good name for a segment. Yeah, it, it is. really is. Yeah, we'll see how the segment holds. But we got. I good made hell the baby. I'm going to birth it coming oh. up at eight thirty. Gross, dude. And what? Like, I, what? Nothing. What? Like, I just. You're really. Upset. I wanted to name my own segment, but then I I can't beat that name. Yeah. Well, what are you like, supposed? There's to do only then? one thing left to do: eat the placenta of it. That's the only thing left to do. All right, uh, we got lots to do. Oh um, my! Uh, Eric Francis on uh, Flames on Sportsnet. So Eric was on the show a couple. Yes, we- hello, HR. Um, Eric was on the show a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was late for our hit because he was in the hot tub, <laughs> having a little tub with the sun. Yeah, sun woke up, said, "Hey, I want to go in the tub." And he said, "Again, oh yeah." Okay, let's first do of it. all, for, I just want text. That is not a good name. Come on now, text me a good name then. Yeah, Mister Opinion. Come up with something better. Come up with a better name. Yeah. 403-581. Why don't you come on? Give me a better name then. Everyone's <laughs> a critic. Come up with something better. Yeah, you do it. it come do on. Do it. Okay. That's settle down. Okay. I'm ready to fired up right now. Because I'm birthing. <laughs> the sum of all flames. Can Damn I take it, a segment a off? Can I just say no. Okay. Just leave for the rest of it? Okay, we got something to give away here. Oh, okay, great. Um, so a couple weeks ago, Eric Francis. Uh, was late for a hit because he was in the hot tub and he kind of people like, soup is uh, delicious. Yes, uh, he <laughs> he was in the hot tub. So I'm asking you, and this is this is serious. We're giving away two tickets, a night out at Landmark Cinemas to see Aquaman in the Last Kingdom on December 22nd. Do we have Brent Cron's read of this movie? Did you record that? No, I didn't. I should have. Oh, I'm sorry. I go, hey, oh, can we record this? Did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, because I'm like, we can play it as the synopsis of the film. Mm. But whatever. But do you have the music yeah. handy from yesterday? Oddcast here, but no boy. Wow. Okay. Um, Tight ship. So uh, we're giving away movie tickets to Aquaman in the Last Kingdom on December twenty second. Here's the here's the text question, so we can play these for Eric Francis. Tell Eric Francis what's the best food to eat in the hot tub and why. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location, and we pick your text to play to Eric Francis. You win movie tickets. I think that's kind of that's what we're gonna do here. What's the best food to eat 
in a hot tub and why? The correct answer is a hot dog. But oh. we'll see what, what the, our listeners say. 960, 960, name and location. What is the best food to eat in a hot tub and why? And we'll play them at Eric Francis coming up at, at around 8, 8, 7.48-ish. Why is it a hot dog? <laughs> the question is, why wouldn't it be a hot dog? No, you said it would be a hot dog. And, yeah. And you, well, because you can you, also. And then you said there would be why. So because I'm you can what your boil it right is. there while you're sitting. Oh, so you're prepping the hot dog in the tub. You asked me the question. Yeah. I, I just thought you would have a more thought out answer Pasta? because a hot dog is a terrible choice for Penne? Him. What? Penne? You don't have to cook it in the tub, George. It's just eating it in the tub. 960, 960, name and location. What is the best food to eat in a hot tub and why for Eric Francis? When I was on that trip a couple weekends ago, I brought home some McDonald's for one of the breakfasts and yeah. gave people McDonald's in the tub, junior chickens and McDoubles all around. Everyone yeah. was very happy. Uh, Brent and High River, the best food to eat in a hot tub is mushrooms because they make you happy. See? Thank you, Brent and High River. Keep them rolling. Uh, 960, 960, name and location. Listen. The best food I for Eric Francis know. to eat in a hot tub. 960, 960, name Popcorn. and location. And there you go. And if we pick yours, you're going to win movie tickets to go see Aquaman 2. Pudding. Yeah. <laughs> pudding or pudding? Pudding. Pudding. No. I said pudding. Pudding. Pudding's a nickname. Pudding's yeah. a snack. Okay. Mm, Pudding's a nickname for a snack. You know like what I this, mean? This thing. Okay, I'll. I'll I'll fist bump you. Yeah, nux, bro. No nux. Um, you want me to talk about birthing a segment again or no? No, no. Okay. I'll leave. I will. Eight thirty. Uh, we're gonna play the sum of all up. I'm still waiting for that texter to give me a better name. Yeah. Well, mm. he's like, damn it! <laughs> oh, I'm I can't do it. And I got a texter. That is a great name for a segment. It absolutely is. Mm. Damn you, Art. Okay. Uh, Flames with a three-one win last night. Over the Florida Panthers down at the Dome. Um, Chris Tanev, like, again, we, we all know what he means to this team and what he means to this blue line. But a guy fresh off an injury, mm-hmm. fresh off, we would assume, a concussion, mm-hmm. some sort of head injury. Mm-hmm. And what does the guy do? Go out there and block 10 shots right away. Yeah. You want to talk about the epitome of being fearless and being a sacrifice, whatever means necessary to win. And it goes to show what uh, Rasmus Anderson told Eric Francis a couple weeks ago. Why would you trade the heart and soul of the team? That guy not only shows it on the ice, but shows guys off the ice how to be professionals and do what means necessary to win. Like the guy, Michael Backlund's the captain, but Chris Tanev is the heart and soul of the Calgary Flames. Yeah, he's one of those guys that just makes everybody better around him. You know, Coach Huskett constantly calls him the security blanket for all of his teammates, but most particularly whoever his partner happens to be. And Noah Hannafin played really well yesterday alongside him. He's played really well alongside him really since the two have been together here in Calgary whenever they've been put together. Like Hannafin's breakout season came playing alongside Chris Tanev for the entirety of that year. So... He's one of the guys that when he's not in the lineup last year, you could really see the difference. I I think one of the more impressive things about how they played over the last week was the fact that they did it without Chris Tanev. That was a positive in the sense that, you know, you kind of feel like, wow, even if he leaves, life without him won't be the worst thing in the world. Um, Also, just a little tidbit from last week, uh, Chris Johnston wrote that, you know, the, the Flames are planning to trade Chris Tanev, but a reunion via free agency in the offseason would make sense as well if he goes for a 
a quick little escape, and then he comes back in the offseason for something that's like Michael Backlund did. A couple of years, maybe a little bit of a lower cap hit, something along those lines. Like a nudge-nudge, wink-wink deal with the Flames? Yeah, we'll trade you to a contender, go play a playoff you run. Play wherever you want, and then you come back but, here. But as but I was talking about earlier, the way Jacob Markstrom is playing this season and the way he played last night, and yeah. when you look at that mushy wild card race in the Western Conference of a lot of mediocre teams, the Flames included, potentially they could be a playoff team. And you know who you could use in a playoff run? Chris Tanev. Well, here's the thing, because on one hand, like I just said, you you have the opportunity to maybe trade him. Perhaps yep. he comes back in the offseason, et cetera. But then uh, the other is... Yeah. Finish your thought. I'm going to ask you another the, question. The other that. one is that they retain him. He's maybe one of the three UFAs that they keep, and they still do end up signing him to something like Michael Backlund. Maybe he gets a little extra year or something along the lines of that. By the way, I hate the term your own rental, too. Yeah, when a true. guy's an unrestricted free agent, it's like, oh, he's going to be our own rental. Yeah, he's already on your team. Whatever. I hate that. Anyway, um, go. And, and then past this season, he can continue to play as, you know, you're, you're in your four to six hole on your blue line, either as your second pair or in your third pair. You can play him with a Jeremy Poirier as he tries to make his ascent to the NHL, something that we all feel is probably on the horizon sooner rather than later. This This cut that he had... Uh, early on in the season has really derailed his season, but he's been hanging around the Flames organization. Saw him in the press box yesterday. I could see him being an ideal partner for Chris Tanev as he tries to find his way in the NHL in his first couple of seasons. And all the while, you also have Tanev as one of your penalty kill specialists. So Mm. while you're still trying to win games and have your players, your young players take steps forward, he could help out in that sense. So listen, I, I think they have a lot of options with Chris Tanev right now. Um, the other guys maybe less so because I, I feel like you know Hannafin and Lindholm. There's there's no way that those two are coming back as a free agent if you trade them this year. Tanev, it feels like something that maybe he would be open to the idea at least. Um, but then the question is, how much does he want to win a cup? Too? Well, I, I want to ask you too. Um, what is Chris Tanev really worth? Like, what do you think the price tag for Chris Tanev is? We saw what the price tag for Nikita Zadorov was. What do you think Chris Tanev is? And essentially, it's a roundabout way of me asking you, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, what is he worth? Like, at this point of his NHL career, like the guy's a warrior. Or, like, on a contract. Right. No, via I don't care about the contract because he'll get what he'll get in the offseason. I'm talking because that's the one thing. If the Flames are going to trade him, what is a reasonable return? And is the juice worth the squeeze? Is it worth trading Chris Tanev for a third round pick? Is it? Well, I think the the price is higher. I think it's a second. That, but that's what I'm asking you. You think it's a second round pick I for think Chris it's Tanev? A second or kind of like a mid level prospect? Like okay. Nick Abruzzese was a guy whose name came up with the. Can they get Maple a first Leafs? round pick for Chris Tanev if the bidding gets really high at the deadline? Can they? Yeah, we've seen worse players go for first round picks, so I would say yes. Would I say? You should, you know, write it in in pen and and think that it's a it's a it's a done deal. No, because then all of a sudden when he gets dealt, you're gonna feel like what happened with Nikita Zadorov, where the the sticker shock is a little underwhelming. But then you kind of think about it and you go, okay, I'm I'm actually okay with the deal. Yeah, um, because it was the cap space too. Yeah, exactly. There's there's just other things to it. So I I don't know. I I could they? Yes. Will they? Probably not. I think that the teams that traded first round picks for David Savard and uh, Oof. 
Ben Sherat got a first round pick back. You're like, ah, what did we really get out of that? Yeah. I don't think like the Bolts didn't get a whole lot out of or did they win the cup the year the Savard went there? I can't remember. But the Sherat one didn't work out. No. So I don't know. And again, uh, if could he's, they? Yes. And if he's will go- they? Probably not. And if he's going to a contender, that's gonna be a late second round pick. Well, late first or, or whatever. Late. Okay, no. A first is a first, right? Yeah. And that'd be great. But again, if it's not, you know, a second, at least a second, is it worth trading him or keeping him around to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs and give all these young players experience in the playoffs? I also that, that's kind of what I'm asking you because to me, Lindholm's a guy that you can get a ton for. Hannafin's a guy you can get a ton for. You can get a nice little piece for for Tanev. I'm just saying, to me, it's separate. Lindholm and Hannafin are guys that you can hit home run, runs with on a trade. But Tanev's a guy that what he means to this team and this organization and can help you squeeze into a playoff spot, is it worth trading him for a draft pick? That's what I'm asking. Lindholm and, and Hannafin, yes, because you'll get the, a gigantic return for both of those guys. But is it worth, is the juice worth the squeeze in trading Chris Tanev for what he means? That's kind of what I'm asking you. Because I think it's separate from the conversation we're having with Hannafin and Lindholm. The thing is, even if if you trade, no, I, I think it's worth the squeeze. I, okay. would de- I would deal the player. I think at this point you have to... Um, it's about asset management, which is important. Uh, I was going to say you got to arrange your priorities, right? And and I think that the priority here is making sure that you're set up down the road rather than sneaking into the playoffs and see what can happen. Right. Because even if you sneak into the playoffs, you're going to get the Avs, you're going to get the Knights, you're going to get the Kings, you're going to get your teeth kicked no, in. No, I'm not saying the Flames are winning the Stanley Cup. I'm just saying that playoff exposure and I, and to guys I, like Pospisil and, and I would Zeri say, I, I agree. Peltier when he comes back. And they could still do it even yep. if they deal him. It's going to be very difficult. But this is also a guy who, you know, we've seen the health can pop up just the way that he plays. That's a good point, too. You know, the, I would try and deal him just because, like, even if... I'm going to whisper this so other teams don't hear. How many playoff rounds are you going to get out of him? Yeah. Well, he's healthy because he's... He'd play all four. Yeah. But how many of them is he going to be able to... Are, are you looking at him and saying he's he's as effective as he possibly could be? Yeah. That's something, uh, let's ask Eric Francis about that straight ahead. Also, get your text rolling in. These are great. They're flying in right now. Your chance to win uh, Aquaman 2 tickets, uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on December 22nd, courtesy of Landmark Cinemas. Uh, what's the food Eric Francis should be eating in his hot tub? Some 960, 960, name really and location. Answers, we'll play Texty McTexterson from Eric Francis. We'll do that. The Cobra at the top of the hour. Big show, Russick and Rose, 960, the fan. Oh, hi there. It's a big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The top of the hour, the Cobra. Big show, Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, in studio, break down the 3-1 Flames win over the Panthers last night at 8.30. We're debuting a new segment, something that the idea I had live on air in the summer, the sum of all Flames will make its debut as we give away day 12 of our Wild Rose Brewery, 12 Days of Christmas, where you win every single prize. It's a big one today. We'll do that at 8.30. Right now, though, we're giving away uh, tickets to go see Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on December 22nd, courtesy of Landmark Cinemas. 
get two general admission tickets, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. We're asking you at 960, 960, name and location. Eric Francis was on our show a couple weeks ago, was a little late to his hit because he was well in the hot tub. We're asking you, uh, what should Eric Francis eat in a hot tub? 960, 960, name and location. Speaking of which, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Mr. Eric Francis, franchise, how are you? Can you hear the Jets? Yeah, I, I can a little oh, bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, splish splash. It's taking oh, a tub. Yeah. This is the pinnacle of my career. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's not getting any better than this. Sitting nope. there doing a, a hit with you boys in my <laughs> in my Paradise Bay hot tub, boys. <laughs> and and our texters are going to tell you what food you should eat in there too in yeah. about 15 minutes 10 minutes oh had some rum balls in here last night <laughs> <laughs> yum <laughs> yummy awesome. yummy yummy wait you, know, uh, you don't want anything you don't want anything too crumbly though you know like uh, the yeah. rum balls had the little uh you know right the little speckles on them you know it was uh a little messy for the hot tub, so yeah, keep that in mind when you're choosing your delicacy in the hot tub. Yeah, nine sixty, nine sixty. We'll play some of those uh, to wrap up the That's interview. It's a little bit of a tight turn. You went in the tub after the game yesterday, seven thirty start. Now it's seven thirty here. Like, what's up with that? A guy's got to decompress, you know. Like when, yeah. when you're on deadline, you're writing a story about yeah. uh, Chris Tanev's heroics, and yeah. I just mm-hmm. start. I was thinking. Now there's a guy who could use a hot tub. Oh my god! After all those block shots. <laughs> yeah. Like, so uh, anyway, yeah. Oftentimes when I come home from a game, I'll, I'll jump in the tub. Just I can't sleep because I've been writing on deadline and, and all that. But uh, you know, this morning I I often get up in the morning too. And I heard you guys talking about food and hot tub. I'm like, geez, what's missing? I'm eating right now, but I'm not in the tub. So here I am. Yeah. If the Jets are too loud, you boys let me know. No, it's no, 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 no. I like the ambiance. It's uh, it's relaxing. There you go. Mm. Uh, so nine sixty, nine sixty. Uh, we're gonna see what food you should eat in a hot tub. And uh, God, this show is so stupid sometimes. I even myself, I'm like, like I, I during the break, and I was thinking to myself, I go, you literally throw out a text topic. What Eric Francis should eat in a hot tub? Like this is what you're doing on radio. I'm like, yeah. God, I'm an idiot. Mama, we made it. And then I thought of a segment, the sum of all flames. I'm like, God, I'm such a st- Stupid idiot. All right, it's all right. It's fine. We're having fun. Hey, Eric, uh, Maddie and I had actually a, a decent conversation about Chris Tanev. I get the whole trade Lindholm and trade Hanovin because you get that's going to fetch you a big return. But is the juice worth the squeeze when it comes to creating Tris, Tris, Chris Tanev? Here's why. Are you going to get a first-round pick for him? Maybe. Probably a second-round pick, but... If you have Chris Tanev on this roster, they're they're right there in the wild card race. If you look at the teams in the wild card, why can't the Flames be a playoff team? You get Chris Tanev, you squeeze into the playoffs, you give all these young players exposure to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm just not sure it's really worth the second or third round pick that you get for Chris Tanev instead of keeping him here in Calgary. Your thoughts? Well, I, I wrote a column on this a couple of weeks ago because, and I heard you guys saying it earlier, like when Rasmus Anderson told me, look, if anyone in our organization should be untouchable, it's Chris Tanner. And whether you're rebuilding, retooling, whatever word you want to use, is there a better guy in your locker room in terms of a leader, but also in terms of teaching young guys how to play? Now, you're not going to teach a Jeremy Poirier or any young guy to block shots with his face like Tanner <laughs> does. The guy's a, an absolute unicorn. 
a one tooth unicorn, but he, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, he is a great mentor and, and a valuable, you know, asset for your organization. So I, I don't think for a second, you know, Craig Conroy takes this possibility lightly. And, and I don't know the answer right now. I, all I would say is there's still several months for them to decide, you know, in the next couple of months, we're going to see if this team can still hang and around that wild card spot. They're only one, one point out as of this morning. Um, you know, there's so much at play. I will say two things. One is they, they definitely won't just go into the decide, well, we'll keep Tanev and hope to re-sign him. You're either re-signing him or you're trading him. You're not, you're not going in and, and, and just using him as a rental for the rest of the year. I mean, that's, that's horrific asset management. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing, you know, the other thing when you, when you look at a guy like Chris Tanev is, you know, can you get a first rounder? I know everybody trots out the David Savard and the Ben Sherratt examples, but those are one and two years ago or well, two or three years ago, I guess now, or whatever. The, anyway, the point is it's changed, right? Last year, nobody traded a first-round draft pick. They're more coveted than ever before. I don't see any team giving up a first-rounder for them. I think you get a second-rounder plus-plus, um, and, and that's very tempting too. So the, the last thing is Chris Tanovich said to me, listen, it's basically up to the organization to decide. He wants to win. He, he thinks he can do it here. He'd like to do it here. Uh, but if the organization decides that it's best that he get moved, He's fine with that too. So the organization has to make that decision. And it's a really tough one when it comes to Tanner, because I agree with you, unlike Hannafin and, and Lindholm, those guys, you know, in my mind, they're gone. I mean, they've already, they've decided that they're gone and there's nothing the organization could do about it anyway. So uh, this guy's different. He, he'd be happy to stay. And let's be honest, guys, in a market like Calgary's, when a guy is willing to stay, you got to seriously contemplate that possibility because not a lot of guys want to stay. Are there a lot of parallels between Tanev and Backlund that Tanev means more to the Flames than maybe he does other teams, or that's not the case with Tanev because of what he brings to the table? Oh, it's a good question. Like, you know, everybody overvalues their players in their own market. And, you know, the Zadorov trade was a great example of that. Everyone in the world's talking about a first or second rounder for a guy who's a fifth defenseman on a, on a middle of the road team. Like how could anyone think that he was going to get much more than that? So I, his value, listen, the, the column I wrote on his 10 blocks last night. Listen, when, when the game was over, he had nine blocks. He blocked so many shots last night that the NHL couldn't keep up. They added another <laughs> one after the game. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So I checked with the league right away, and they said, yeah, nobody's blocked 10 shots this year. Uh, like He did something that no NHLers done. That grabs headlines. And people in Toronto, you know, the Leafs brass, all GMs around the league see that and say, my God, like, we know this guy's a beast and a warrior, but now he's blocking 10 shots a game in a, in a middle of the season. Otherwise, kind of, I wouldn't say meaningless game. They all mean something, but my God, uh, this guy just came off of, you know, probably what was a concussion, and he's doing that. I mean, we need that guy on our team. So I think he's valued around the league for sure. What do you think the Flames would want in return for a guy like Chris Tanev? We threw around the idea of a second-round pick in the last segment. Well, that's what I say. Second round and, and plus, you're not just getting a second rounder. Yeah. You're getting probably a late, late second rounder because it's going to be from a contending team. And you're getting, you're definitely getting something more than that. You're getting a prospect or, a, or, uh, you know, or someone who could be in your lineup right away to kind of round out the season. Uh, I, you know, and, and he's such a different player than a Ben Sherrod or a David Savard. Like, I'm not saying who's better or worse, but mm-hmm. he brings a skill set that's so much different than what those two guys can bring. So I, 
Yeah, I think they, I think it starts with a second rounder, and, I, and I'll go further and say if they can't get a second rounder, then I then I think there's even more reason to not trade them and sign them instead. And I hey guys, I love the idea. If you're a Flames fan, you gotta love the idea of trading them and then re-signing him in the in the summer. The old the old reach around. I I don't know how often that actually that, happens. The what now, Eric? Is that what it's but, called? Yeah. <laughs> the what that's now? That's actually not the NHL term for it. But okay. <laughs> 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 oh boys! But yeah, he'll I be coming it. back. Looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I can't wait. Listen, Number GMs eight. always talk Trade about that. GMs, it's a key. GMs can't wait for their turn to. Um, you know what? Can you tell us about Jacob Markstrom's game yesterday? How about that? Well, thirty-four saves, uh, including like several huge ones. What with, with like a minute and a half left, he he sticks out that pad to save Sam Bennett. He got he's got Bennett and Kachuk there right in his blue paint. It's chaos. He doesn't have a stick and he still comes up with a save. And he admitted after the game it just meant a little bit more because Kachuk was on the other team. And uh and I think everybody loves to hear that. Listen, he's been great this year and his numbers don't necessarily reflect it, but he's given them a chance almost every start he's had this year, which is a huge departure from last year when, you know, he was killing them uh on a nightly basis. Uh, give him credit for turning it around. And, um, you know, what I thought was the, I, I tallied it all up last night because it was just so amazing to see how many guys were just doing everything to protect Markstrom and the win. 78 shot attempts were thrown at Calgary's net last night. 34 got to the net, or 35 got to the net. One went in, 34 were saved, and 28 were blocked. The rest were missed, missed nets. But that's that was double what the Calgary Flames threw at the, uh, at the Panthers' net. So, it was a total collaborative effort, but it shows how much they love having Markstrom back in there. And the last thing is, you know, I think everybody was part of that debate, you guys, last year, everybody over, you know, geez, they're playing Markstrom too much. You know, that's a, something that you hear a lot of. And Sutter used to love to ride him really hard. And there was evidence when he was in Vancouver that he played too much and then collapsed in the playoffs uh, before he came to Calgary. You know this little, in, this latest injury because he's had a couple this year. Uh, you know, gave him time to rest. He missed seven games, and as the coach said after the game, you know, uh, the best Markstrom is arrested Markstrom, and that's what they've got right now. And then they'll have the Christmas break, and he'll still be rested through that. So, it's it'll be interesting to see if he can maintain this because he's been really good this year. How many contenders who need a goaltender are calling the Calgary Flames about Jacob Markstrom? Is that even on the radar for Craig Conroy? No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Now, listen, I'm not saying you wouldn't consider it if someone called you. Uh, if you're going to do a significant retool rebuild, then 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 maybe you don't need the $6 million goaltender in there. Uh, but again, this organization still believes that it can do the, you know, uh, you know, the balancing act where they're retooling. And they've done it all year. You know, they've been retooling significantly this year with all their young guys and still stayed in a playoff race. Now I know that drives everybody crazy because they're like, we're stuck in the middle. We're stuck in the middle. We're stuck in the middle. And that still may be the case moving forward. But I can tell you, they're not going to go the mode of just tanking. This general manager, this owner does not believe in tanking. And they're not, they're not convinced that that's uh, a proven way to to even return back to glory. They always point to the Buffalo Sabres and, and teams like that who can't seem to get, you know, out of stuck out of neutral. So, uh, I, 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 you know, 
I think there's a lot of fans who wouldn't mind them considering, you know, swapping out Marshall because they think it would help them tank maybe. And everybody, of course, loves Dustin Wolf. But I, I don't think that that's going to be much of an option. $6 million is a lot for a team to take on, uh, if you're, especially if you're a contender. Now, again, major injuries can happen between now and then. If sure. a major contender, you know, loses its number one goalie and their backup's not that good, then I, I think all things can change. So, you know, all this trade talk that we have, guys, about Tanev and, and, and any of these guys, um, everything can change on a dime. And we've got two months for that to happen. So it's a little, it's not premature because it's, it's interesting chatter, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know, the, the situation could change on a week to week basis. No question about it. Uh, Eric Francis, the franchise uh, joining us here on the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline, big show, Russick and Rose, nine sixty. the fan. We're giving away um, tickets to see Aquaman in the lost kingdom on December 22nd, courtesy of landmark cinemas. We're asking you a nine sixty nine sixty name and location. We'll get to that in about three minutes. Um, what should Eric Francis eat right now in his hot tub? 960, 960, name and location. Wanted to ask you about Dan Vladar. And here's the question I have for you. There's just this assumption out there that, no, no, they got to trade him to make room for Dustin Wolf. If they're not getting the return they want for a guy they still have under contract next year who is a very good backup goaltender in the NHL, and I know it would, be, it would suck for Dustin Wolf to still be in the American Hockey League, but what is the rush to trade Dan Vladar? Because I don't think the urgency maybe isn't as much as we think it is, Eric. I agree. Uh, I think fans want him traded, but, you know, and I, I think he's popular here. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think that, you know, everybody's all excited about Wolf. And I, I boys, I think it's it's going to be tough to trade Dan Bledar right now. Listen, I, I think we see it. I think a guy like Brad Trilliving sees it. Uh, but I'm not sure a lot of GMs around the league see it and say this, is, this guy's worth, you know, a third or fourth round draft pick. His numbers this year are not good, straight up. They're not good. Now, we've seen him play, and he hasn't been bad but the, it hasn't translated into numbers. And when a general manager around the league is going to stick his neck out to acquire a goaltender and the guy they bring into the, into the fold has got a 3.45 goals against average and a, like an 870 save percentage, it's a tough sell. And uh, I, so I don't think that the return for Dan Bladar is worth him getting traded at all. And I know everybody says you got to trade him because you got to start making room for Wolf. I'm not sure that that's true. And I'm not sure that he is going to get traded this year because I do think that you know, that's a tough sell for a lot of guys around the league. But but he was also excellent on Saturday night, helping you beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was phenomenal Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada, you know, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, a recent Stanley Cup champ. And that he was also uh, instrumental in a win, a 2-1 win over the Vegas Golden Knights, the current champs earlier in this year. He literally stole those two points in that game. So, again, people see these glimpses around the league. General managers are paying attention to that. But again, the, the the numbers on the whole, uh, I think, are pause. You know, uh, cause for a pause for some of the G- GMs. Matt Coronado and Ilya Solovyov both got recalled due to injury. Played a little bit. Both got sent back down. What do you think the message was from the Flames to those players after uh, another cup of coffee in the NHL for a couple guys that they have high hopes for down the road? Yeah, I mean, we'll see you soon. Is the message right? I mean, I, I don't think, and and it by no means was them getting sent down like a message to them saying, guys, you're not good enough or you're not doing something we don't, you know, you're, you're just not performing well. It's just a numbers game and they don't have room for those guys. And, you know, Coronado is particularly problematic because he makes a little more than the league minimum. And with this team so tied up against the cap, um, you know, he's a tough, it's kind of tougher to fit him in the lineup, all things being equal. So, you know, we're going to see those guys back here this year, especially if they decide to start trading. 
some of these big chips. Um, and I think you'll see them even sooner than that. You know, Coronado um, gaining confidence in the AHL. It is frustrating. I know anecdotally that he's really struggled with being sent down to the American Hockey League, but he's responded the perfect way with yeah. all those points and goals. So uh, you'll see those guys again soon, and I think both of them are going to be everyday NHLers, you know, as early as next year. What does the future look like for Adam Rzichka? Because this is a guy who I just continue to try and figure out what he's going to be at the NHL level. Had a chance to be in the top six earlier this year. There were some flashes of good, and then there were some not-so-good flashes. He's found himself on the fourth line where... You know, he's not always looking totally invested. What comes next for this player? He's an RFA at the end of the year. Well, as an RFA, you're, you're going to keep him in the fold because the upside is delicious for these general managers and the, the management team. They just, you know, they see he's got all the tools, but not the toolbox, right? It's it, it's the same old story since they drafted him. I remember when I was first writing about this guy is a prospect. They kept saying, well, he's just, you know, consistency is an issue. And you guys have talked about it. We've all seen it. It's just a, it's a problem. Um, I don't know if he's overconfident at this point in time. He just played his NHL, his hundredth NHL game. So I know he feels like he's an everyday NHL or he said that the other day. And I don't disagree that he, he should be, but you know, he's got to step it up uh, in so many other ways, not just, you know, obviously the point production hasn't been this year there this year, but they need him to be more physical. Now, another thing with him and had a, a good chat with Conroy yesterday. Like they really think that he could be one of their shootout guys. Uh, mm-hmm. They think his hands are good enough that, that he could, you know, evolve into one of their shootout guys. And it's pretty well documented that only one guy has scored on the shootout this year for the Calgary flames. And that's Sharon Govic. Everybody else is, has been blanked and, and, and in, in pitiful fashion too. So they're desperately trying to find people with good enough hands to go into that role and take these penalty shots, they're hoping that he's one of the guys. So um, that's not enough to keep him in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, the, the hope that he can be a well-rounded player is what keeps him in the lineup. But but that could be another you know, tool to add to his toolbox as he tries to figure all this out. Now, like the reason I ask is because with Jacob Pelche getting closer and closer to returning to the lineup, you start to wonder who comes out. And I kind of look at him, although he plays center on the fourth line. So I don't know. Who who would you look at right now to be the guy that you might have to say, hey, you got to pick up your socks here because when Pelche comes back, you could be on the ropes. It's going to be so interesting, guys, when 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 Pelche comes back and you know if they ever do get a fully healthy roster, which you know doesn't happen a lot in the NHL, so you have options. But if everybody is back, you know they're going to have to make some tough decisions and they're going to have to put somebody um, of significance on waivers. Uh, with the risk of losing them on waivers. And I don't think you're going to put Rizicka on waivers. Uh, I think that's just far too risky. Um, you know, a guy who I think is probably pretty close to to getting, uh, having having a seat in the press box is Dylan Dubé. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of this guy's and there's so much upside and everybody sees the speed and the skill and everything, but there's no, there's no results. And, uh, and, you know, they've moved him all over the lineup and they can't seem to find a place where he could be productive. And so I, I, I do think that they're considering the possibility that he might be one of the next men who are the odd man out of the lineup. Uh, you know, again, not as punishment, but just as a, hey, look, let's give you a little bit of a reset because, uh, you know, it hasn't been happening the way we were hoping this year. Uh, Eric Francis, the franchise, joining us live from his hot tub uh, right now. We're asking you a 960-960 name and location. What are some of the foods uh, Eric should be eating in his hot tub right now? Uh, are you ready for these uh, as we give away uh, two tickets to Aquaman? 
Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm hungry right now with okay. this Uber Eats thing. Okay, like, I you, might just invite someone to come into my backyard and dial it deliver up for me. Dial it up. Yeah. Um, nine sixty nine sixty. Texty McTexterson, of course, is our Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan text reading robot. He joins us. Oh, Texty, what do you got for us? Mike in the belt line. Eric needs some spicy Cheetos. They go great with hot tubs. <laughs> spicy <laughs> Cheetos. Mm. Terrible idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, just the mess, right? You don't want you don't want to get out of the hot tub and uh, covered in it, orange it, dust. It, yeah, it's it's orange. It, you know, yeah, no. I, I've seen some bizarre colors in hot tubs over the years, but that's that's not one of them. Why? What what were the bizarre <laughs> colors from? Can you never expo- mind? Oh, sorry. Boys weekends. I can't talk about. Okay, it. Okay. All right. Uh, Gross. I, again, I'm not a nutritionist, but I don't know if orange dust is good for your body. Mm. All right. Uh, continue, Shan. Dusty in Bridalwood. Chicken wings. You have a place to put your bones and the water to wash your hands. Where, where is the place to put your bones? I just drop them, I guess, into the, the water? Is that, is that what that means? That's a great idea. It, well, this isn't a finger bowl, boys. This is a hot tub. This is, you can't, there's no lemony scent. Yeah, in drop there. some yeah, lemons in there. Lemon it's a finger there. bowl. Yeah, a little zest. Mm, All right, more Shan. Pre- Derek and Corey Park Chunky Hold Beef on. Stew. <laughs> Sorry, one more time? Derek in Quarry Park Chunky Beef Stew. Chunky Beef Stew. <laughs> chunky Beef Stew in the hot tub. A that nice was... a nice hearty beef stew yeah. on a cold Calgary winter's nice, day franchise. Really you guys ever been at a, like a leisure park or a, you know where there's kids splashed around in a pool and all of a sudden all the lifeguards are ushering everybody out of the pool and they're they're using the words code brown. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that reminds me of Chunky Soup in a hot tub. Okay. Hell yeah. I, I guess you like that one from Derek. Right no, on. I don't like that. You'd like that one, Derek. How many more you got, Shan? Uh, we got a lot, but I can... I, I, okay, well, give me the good, good ones, ones Shan. Right, play the, the hits. Ones. I'll play the good ones. Okay. Jeremy in seven persons. Cereal, no questions asked. <laughs> Skip the bowl. <laughs> Skip the bowl. But what bowl. kind of cereal, though? I feel like a frosted mini wheat would be appropriate. For the hot tub. Guys are hilarious. Shouldn't it be a finger food? Like, not that your fingers would get dirty, but just something that you can eat easily and there's no, there are very little spring rolls, like crumbs. Spring rolls. Oh, it's not bad. Not bad. Mm. They flake, though. Yeah, they do flake. Hmm. Cheetos? All right. Uh, Shan, two more. Wedley in Bridalwood. Oh, Wedley. Best food to eat in a hot tub is nachos. The steam will make it just soggy enough to be extra tasty. Hmm. <laughs> What about like um, See, the problem, Francis, with Wedley and Bridalwood? He's a hardcore listener. Uh, he's never yeah. won a prize with us, so it's hard for us to give him the prize. Oh, you want to keep the streak going? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, he's the Cal Ripken of not winning on the morning show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Very prestigious. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, Shan. Next. What about Aaron Jordan Cheney? in Calgary? Oh. <laughs> Okay, Jordan. Jordan in Calgary. Yep. Hot tub sloppy joes. Doesn't need an explanation. There's a lot of these that everyone's saying they don't need an explanation. Sloppy joes. I'd really like an explanation. You can't just say it doesn't need an explanation for your explanation. Francis, what's the difference between a sloppy joe and a manwich? It's the same thing, right? A manwich? Yeah, manwich. Because you think manwich always has to have like the ground beef and the sauce and all that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I I would consider just any hearty sandwich a manwich, you know, where you've got to load yeah. it up with anything. A whole bunch of cold cats, like one of those lumberjack sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Muck yeah that's a manwich. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. One more. What about like a beef wellington? It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of preparation. All right, one more. You don't have to prep it in the oven. Right. Derek in Copperfield. The best food to eat in a hot tub is nothing. Nothing is acceptable to eat in a hot tub because it's a hot tub. <laughs> Okay, Derek. Good logic. Get out of here, uh, Derek. Which one do you, I like the Cheetos guy. Beat it. What do you think? Kick rocks. Or are you like the hearty stew guy, Eric? I don't know, but I'm craving a burrito right now. Breakfast burrito. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I So I don't know. In terms of an answer, can we keep searching? Can we ask for one more? Because okay. there's nothing yet that's enticed me. Okay, one more, Shan. Brent in High River. And the best food to eat in a hot tub is mushrooms because they make you happy. There's your winner. Okay, all right, Brent yeah. High River, congratulations. How to be. You're winner. going to see Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on December 22nd. You won two general admissions, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. When an ancient power is unleashed, Aquaman must forge an uneasy alliance with an unlikely ally to protect Atlantis and the world. From irreversible devastation. Mm. Uh, franchise, great stuff. Uh, again, I think this could be a regular occurrence. Um, Eric in the tub. I'm okay. On Sportsnet yeah, 960. Uh, I'm okay with that. Then the, 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 Now, it would negate the possibility of uh, what irks Eric. Because when I'm in a hot tub, nothing bothers You're me right. in the world. So, so we would replace one with the other. But, uh, hey... And and thank you for the mushroom idea. I was planning on going to be a productive member of society today. Yep. But now I have a, a different idea in <laughs> mind. <laughs> well, you definitely could <laughs> be, but it, it would make your day a lot more interesting. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Nothing quite like psilocybin on a Tuesday, what, am what, I right? What's going on with franchise at practice today? Yeah. Why is he staring at the Jumbotron and yeah. hasn't looked away the entire time? Is that Grateful Dead we can hear coming out of his headphones? What is going on? He's wearing a tie-dye what? shirt to practice today yeah. let's say look at the shiny ice yeah. great job franchise <laughs> thanks pal take care boys yeah have a great day cheers the cobra's next big show russell and rose sportsnet 960 the fans